0: raised up from under my hood, and he shook his head and said, this ain't good. timing belt's done shrunk one size too small. No spark plug wires are a little too long, your main product spawners nearly gone. Your injector ports are stripped, and that ain't all. Torque converters running low on torque, and that water pump's nearly down a quart. We caught it all in time, so you're in luck. He said, I've got the time and I've got the parts. Just give me the word and I'm ready to start. I think we can bring her in for 800 bucks. But don't be downhearted. I can fix it. And this is Dan Watson tonight sitting in for Jay Zimbauer with this edition of Car time Radio. Now, as I say, each time that I'm here, and it's about once a month, the first Wednesday is my normal expectation, is that I am not certified lubrication specialist. I am not uh, here to answer questions about all of those mechanic items. I could answer them. Just the answer might not be worth the time to listen to it. So the best thing to do is avoid that and just ask Jay when he comes back. Now I am a certified lubrication specialist and I do have uh, a lot of experience and knowledge with oil lubrication. Uh, That would be your motor oil transmission fluid gear lubes greases filtration fuel additives uh antifreeze coolant those types of things so that's where i can entertain your questions and of course you've got the number here 407-916-5400 or toll free 855-545-1025 and i enjoy getting your calls and uh They make the show go well, so uh, take a moment and give me a call and ask your question. You've always wanted to ask about something to do with lubrication. Now, I've been here before, and some of you have heard me talk about this before, so just bear with me, but i got to pass on this to you. You know how I have encouraged you to be careful about what type of oil that you buy, that there are oils coming into the market that really are just downright fraudulent. Okay, especially some of the oils they're claiming to be synthetic. Well, they're really just glorified petroleum. Okay, so you think this is a uh, a nefarious activity that's sort of only prone to find it in uh, big capitalist countries like the United States, and I read in my trade magazine this week that they have this terrible problem in Russia. With oil being produced, it's really bad. And the Russian government, of course, is trying to crack down because it's just they don't have the the safeguards in place like we have here with certifications and classifications and things that are really tough and set to work. So they are having just a heck of a time trying to get their arms wrapped around this. And so then I'm further reading that this type of stuff is starting to pop up in Western Europe now. And the real concern there is, as I've said on the air here, European manufacturers have some very high stipulations Mercedes, BMWs, Volvos, uh, Volkswagen, turbo diesels. These, these vehicles are made, and they've taken a lot of time to call out some very specific high performance engine oils. And next thing you know, along comes Slick Willie with his. You know, XYZ oil, and it's not meeting the grade, and they're having troubles. And how does that affect the warranty on the vehicles? And you can imagine the whole uh, Pandora's box that's opened as this happens. So I bring this to your attention because I continually tell you that you're the one that will be the person that catches this stuff. You have to look for oil that you recognize. I mean, all of these American companies that have been making oil for, some of them, 100 years, they're not going to go out and make some substandard junk, okay? So it's usually when you don't know what they're putting in your car at the lube facility. You need to ask. Now, I'm not saying that anything is going there this bad. But sometimes the lube facility may not know what they bought. Because the guy that hoodwinked them, they thought they bought good quality product, seemed to be at a... Really great price. Imagine that. And so they're tempted to buy it. They bought it and they're using it and they don't know. It's got the right writings on the side of the drum that they got, but who knows? Okay, now here's the thing. You can go to almost any lube place you want and ask for a specific oil by name and usually they'll give it to you. Uh, for example, if you go into uh, a quick lube and you tell them that you want to use uh, a Valvoline 5W30 petroleum oil, then they'll either have that or they'll suggest another name brand, something like Penzoil 5W30 or Castrol 5W30. But they're going to have some name brand oil in quart bottles, and you'll be able to request something that you want. Um, if they have a house oil, in other words, some oil that's in a, a large tank, you should ask for a technical data sheet on that oil so that you can look at it. Not that you'd understand all the technical stuff, but if they can produce one, it means the company that they got it from produced one. You'd be surprised that some of these companies that are selling the less than excellent oils, they can't produce a technical sheet because they don't want to produce one because they would have to literally lie with the sheet saying that it's something that it's not, and that could get them in significant uh, legal trouble. So if you decide you're going to use the standard bulk oil that's at wherever you're at, ask for a technical sheet to see what it is. If it's a name brand of oil that you have never heard of in your life, I suggest you turn it down and tell them, what else do they have that's available by name that you could recognize? And then if it's a good name, like I said, Shell, Texico, Haveline, uh, Valvoline, Oil, Chevron, some one of these oils that you know the name and you've seen these guys advertise and you know that they're a big oil company, you'll be okay. But if the oil they offer you is something and they say, well, yeah, this stuff is uh, – it's good. It says right here that it's uh, a high-performance, excellent oil. Well, who makes it? Where's it coming from? You know, some guy mixing it up in his garage behind the building, or what? You know, so I can't overemphasize that to you because here's the point: you can drive off with some substandard oil in your car, it seems to be running like a champ. Must not have hurt a thing, right? Three thousand miles, four thousand miles of running that oil may put equivalent to 20,000 miles of wear on your engine because it simply can't do the job it's supposed to do. Uh, Oil today, manufactured by the right people, is a complex lubricating solution. It is not as simple as, uh, as they say, squeezing some lard out of the fat and putting it into a bucket and then mixing some uh, sulfur with it or something and producing what is supposed to be a lubricating product. It's very complex. Your automobile is complex and the requirements from the EPA that has been um, generated to force higher and higher standards inside your engine for fuel efficiency. And they're using thinner and thinner weight oils to get higher fuel economy and when you start going to thinner weight oils, you better have high-quality base stocks and exceptional additives so that you can get by. Uh, it's just a complex world, and you can protect yourself by using really some common sense. Only use products that you recognize their name, and if somebody says, well, we do have something, or I know you haven't heard of them, but I can prove it's a good oil. I've got all the certification and paperwork on it. Then look at the certification and paperwork, and maybe that's just fine. But I tell you, that Internet we've got, that is a wonderful tool to go do research on just about any kind of lubricating product you want to find. And if you can't find good information on the Internet, it's because they don't want you to find it. It's very simple. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, remember, we're taking your phone calls at 407-916-5400. We'll be back right after these minutes. And welcome back to Car Time Radio. Dan Watson sitting in for Jay Zumbauer today talking about lubrication for your car, boat, truck, motorcycle, lawnmower, tractor, weed whacker, whatever it is. If it gets lubricated, we're willing to talk about it. Now in the first segment, I emphasized again the need for you to do what is called due diligence and make sure that you get a quality product of oil to put in your car. Now, how do you know if that oil is suitable for your car, if it's the one that should be used, if it is the correct product? Well, almost every piece of equipment, I don't care whether it's a weed whacker or whether it's a turbocharged diesel pickup, it has an owner's manual. Now, in that manual... There's going to be a section on lubrication, and they're going to tell you what that manufacturer stipulates is the requirement to lubricate that equipment. Now, in your car, most of the time, you're going to find two things. You're going to find the what's called API classification and the SAE viscosity measurement. Now, it's important that you really know what those are. Classification from the API is a rating which is given after the subject oil has gone through a series of operational and chemical tests required by the API committee to pass all of those particular tests so that it can carry that classification. Now, in gasoline engines... The classification will be such as SN is the current one. SM will be still there with a lot of bottles. And SL you may find, those are active uh, classifications for gasoline engines. So that's, again, that's SL, SM, and SN. Now those, uh, one of those is going to be listed what you need to understand about those S classifications is that, according to the API, an oil that meets the latest SN classification is backward compatible to meet the classifications that preceded. Now, there's a little gotcha in there about that because the SL rated gasoline engine oils were allowed to use higher levels of zinc and phosphorus than the SM or SN, and that's not a API or a chemistry thing. That's the EPA coming in and limiting that to protect catalytic converters from uh, zinc and phosphorus poisoning them and causing them not to work. That's that's what they stipulated. So although you might have a vehicle, an older vehicle, that says it should use SL-rated oil, and they tell you that the S N-rated oil will be fine. It depends upon how that engine's put together, and that's a whole different story. But that's the API classification you're looking for, and your manual will tell you what to look for, and you will find that on any bottle of oil that is actually certified to meet those requirements. You're going to find it listed on the label. Now, the other cl- uh, certification is from the SAE, which is the Society of Automotive Engineers, and that is the thickness or viscosity rating. And you will see on a bottle of oil where it says 5W30 or 10W30 or 5W20 or 0W30. Those are the viscosity classification for that oil. And so what does that mean to you? Well, your manufacturer calls out, for a certain viscosity or thickness of oil to provide the adequate protection in your engine. That number is not complex, but it is compound. It is a 5W30 or a 10W30. Well, what's the difference? Well, just think of that first number, that W, and that first number as winter, and that is the cold weather or winter rating of that oil measured at various cold temperatures, usually below zero. The second number is the actual operational viscosity number, all measured at 212 degrees. Okay? So a 5W30 has the same operational viscosity as a 10W30 or a 0W30. The difference is the 0W30 will pump at a colder temperature with the same fluid flow ability at a colder temperature than the 5W. And the 5W will pump better than a 10W at colder temperature. And the 10W will pump better than a 15W and so forth, up to a 20W. That's as high as it goes. So that first number is telling you that if you happen to be a person that lives in Florida and you're going to drive up to see relatives in minnesota in the winter that you would be concerned about whether you had a 5w or a 20w in your car okay i would suggest you take the zero w i've been to minnesota in the winter use the zero w uh 20 okay point is these are things that if you're familiar with them and your owner's manual tells you what to use then when you go to the parts store or you're gonna have the oil changed in your vehicle you can Tell the technician or the counterperson at the lube station, wherever you go, hey, look, look, my car calls for 0W20. That's what I want. I want 0W20. Or my car calls for 5W30. I'll take 5W30. Now, in reality, if you don't leave the state of Florida much and you stay down below the Mason-Dixon line most of the time, you really don't care too much about that first number. If it's a 0W, a 5W, or a, or a 10W, you won't be able to tell the difference if you live in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina. Um, you just won't. You're more concerned about making sure that the second number matches up with your your manual in your car. Now, there's big, big, uh, you know, discussions about whether you should use 20 weight oil or whether you should use 30 weight, even though that your car says to use 20 weight. Okay, the different schools of thought on that. Strictly from a lubrication engineering standpoint, if you're going to use 20-weight oil like it's called for, I'm going to tell you right now, use somebody's synthetic 20-weight engine oil. 20-weight engine oil is light. And petroleum 20-weight engine oil has an upper operating limit of about 240 degrees. You go above that 240 and it goes into what they call intermittent Band where it can be subject to high oxidation and viscosity breakdown. So you say, well, 240, that's pretty high. I'm not going to get there. My car only runs at uh, 205 degrees. Okay, that gives you 35 degrees, right? I'm a great math wizard. 240 minus 205, that's 35 degrees. Oil in your car will run from 30 to 70 degrees hotter than the thermostat water temperature all the time. It, when it's at ease, it'll be about 30 degrees above the water. When it's under heavy load, it'll be about 70, 75 degrees above. So we started at 205. If it's at ease, it's at 235. The oil's at 235. Every single lubrication manual that would talk about petroleum engine oil will tell you that when you pass 240 with a 20 weight oil, you're heading into the minefield, okay? So. How does it help you when you go to a synthetic? Well, quite frankly, it depends upon the type of synthetic. And this is where I tell you that uh, I recommend that you pay attention and get a tech sheet and look at what they they tell you on that tech sheet. Um, the company I'm most familiar with, the Amso Synthetics, in their signature series synthetic, and that is the original – chemical based bulletproof product. You can run around with that oil all day long at uh, 330, 340 degrees with a 20 weight oil. And it's just as comfortable as it can be. Now you push it to 450 and you're out of its normal band. It's getting a little bit crazy then, but you're not going to push any oil to 450 degrees in your car. If you do all of the rubber hoses and everything else are on fire and you're out beside it waiting for the fire truck to show up. So, That's not an issue, but the issue is pushing that normal operating band well above where your car is going to get to under even severe conditions. Now you have a margin of safety that prevents you from having a breakdown of your oil when you're driving down the road. So with all this 20-weight oil, let me tell you something. There's a lot of heavy-duty Ford has V10s they're recommending 5 w twenty four. So if you're going to run a 520 in a V10 and it happens to be in your small motor home, I would highly suggest to you that you really buy the highest quality synthetic you can for that application. Now, when we come back from the break, I will explain to you that you can, in fact, use a 30-weight oil in some of these applications, but there are some places where you're going to run right up against the warranty and you may have some issues in some of these engines when you decide to go to a thicker oil. I'll explain that when we come back from the break. Again, the number here 407 916 5400. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back, Car Time Radio. Dan Watson sitting in today for Jay Zenbauer talking about lubrication, lubrication issues. Before we went to the break, we were talking about, well, a lot of stuff to do with putting the right oil in your car. And we got into the 20-weight oils, and I said that when we came back from the messages that I would tell you a little bit about whether you could put 30-weight in in these 20-weight applications and what would be the risk and what are we talking about. Well, here's the thing. Uh, From a lubrication standpoint, there's probably not any of these applications that a good uh, 5W-30 uh, synthetic or zero W30 synthetic would not work. The problem is lubrication is not the only issue going on here in a lot of these new cars. They have what's called variable valve timing. And that means that they're changing the timing of when the valve opens in accordance with where the piston is and the travel in the cylinder. And In order to do this, they use a system which uses the engine oil as a hydraulic actuating device to move these things they refer to as phasers. I know, I thought the phasers, what Captain Kirk and Spock, they were shooting the Klingons with phasers, but that's what they call them and call them phasers. Now, According to most of these manufacturers, if you use an oil that has a viscosity that is thicker than what they recommend, it may cause your variable valve timing to be sluggish and not respond in the time. We're talking now, folks, about uh, milliseconds, one thousandth of a second difference in timing. Okay, But it can make enough difference that it can not adjust the timing as fast as they want it to. And you can end up with some hesitation and sluggish running vehicle. Now, probably rarely would happen here in Florida. This is much more of a concern in cold weather, especially before the engine has warmed up sufficiently, but you could run into some runnability problems with 30 weight oil. Uh, if you did, and you're back at the dealer saying there's something wrong with my car and you're under warranty, first thing they're going to do is check to see if you're running the weight oil they recommend. If you're not, they're going to tell you they got to drain it out and replace it and that get your car back to where it's supposed to be running. Now, if something happens in that variable valve timing thing, that the timing is sluggish or out of whack and you end up, some kind of damage happens, you, you bend a valve or you do something, and you don't have their weight of oil in, they're going to tell you how much it costs and how much you have to pay. So I have to be up front as a certified lubrication specialist and make sure you understand that there is a difference between will it work as a lubricant, and will it be able to perform the alternative functions that are going on in that engine? And that manufacturer has done their research, and they're saying that according to the way they built that variable valve timing, they want you to run a 20-weight engine oil. In fact, in some cases... Looking at where it gets a little colder, they're specifying mandatory zero W-20 because in those colder climates, they're worried about the oil being too sluggish to operate the variable valve timing when you start it up. And, you know, I've lived up north in the cold climate, and sometimes you could drive your car for 30 minutes before the thermostat gets in, the temperature gets into the normal operating van, 30 minutes. So they're talking about, during that 30 minutes, if that oil is too thick, the variable valve timing system is just going crazy. It's not functioning according to how it's designed to work. So they've gone to 0W20. Now, when you read up about 0W20's oils, even the non-proponents of synthetics are saying, well, you get to a 0W20, you just better use a good synthetic. They're actually admitting that there just isn't An ability to make a 0W20 weight oil out of petroleum that that can can hack it. Well, I don't think you can do it with a 5W20 either, personally, but they still try. So here's the point. Why take the risk? If you're going to have a car that comes and it says use 0W20, some of these new Toyotas and new Nissans and even new Fords, then... Just simply decide, okay, that's what they tell me to use. What can I use and still get maximum protection? Well, I come back to tell you, I know you can get that with AMSOIL Signature Series Synthetic. And why do I say that? Well, it's real simple. There's two types of synthetic base stocks being used. One is a really high-performance, highly purified, refined, altered petroleum. And it's called a synthetic because it is slightly altered in its molecular structure. But in general, it's natural hydrocarbons, purified to perfection, natural hydrocarbons. That's one synthetic. There's another synthetic which is made through a chemical synthesis process, and they have big names like polyalpha olefins and esters. Those are the things we would have called synthetics 20 years ago, and that's the only thing that would have qualified as a synthetic. Money talks gigantic hydrocarbon producers that have lots of hydrocarbons have decided that if they could clean that stuff up and purify it and make it have a very high viscosity index, you could call it synthetic. So they have, it's been accepted, we'll call it synthetic. But we will not confuse it with a PAO or ester-based synthetic, which is a superior product. So the only certifiable engine oil that you can get right now that is made from PAO and Ester that you can actually get somebody to certify that that's what it's made out of is AMZO Signature Series. Everybody else has gone to the less expensive hydro-cracked petroleum base stocks. Okay, fine. AMZO sells a couple of those. They make very good oils, But we're starting to talk about going down into a 0W20 into a high-performance engine that these engines are. Some of them are even turbocharged. I will tell you from a lubrication standpoint now, not the phaser standpoint, you want to be sure you have margin to error. Use the chemical-based synthetic that's made from PAOs. Now, I see where Castrol has begun to make an oil from natural gas that is a, uh, basically it is a lubricating oil made from natural gas, okay, liquefied natural gas. Great idea. Good product. Comes pretty close to the PAO base stock. I applaud them for doing that. And in fact, little known to most people, the PAOs are actually made from natural gas, okay, or ethylene gas that comes off of oil manufacturing. Because you can take those hydrocarbons out of that natural gas or ethylene gas and you can let the chemists do their magic and turn them into everything from plastic bottles to Propylene to uh, lubricating oil called PAO. So, again, not to to kick a dead horse, but if you're down in those weights of the 20-weight oils and your manufacturer is specifying it for the warranty and you don't want to go against the warranty and you want to make sure that all your variable valve timing never has a problem, then use a high-quality synthetic 5W20 or 0W20 oil, and be ready for uh, Honda's new 0W16 that's coming into the country, okay? So this lightweight stuff is here to stay. It's not going away. But in order to get the best protection, you have to actually now look at synthetic oils and say which one of these synthetic oils is really designed to have higher temperature band, and it's the original synthetic components such as PAO and ester. It's not the hydrocracked oils. All right, so I've harped on that, and I'll tell you, when we come back from the break, I'll hit just a minute on warranties because what can a manufacturer make mandate to you that you have to do to satisfy a warranty with lubrication? When we come back from the break, we'll go over that. Welcome back to Car Time Radio. Dan Watson sitting in today for Jay Zimbauer talking about lubrication for your car. Now, before we went to the break, I said I'd be talking about some warranty issues. We talked a lot about the 20-weight oil and the 5W-30 and the variable valve timing and whether or not you'd run into trouble if you used a different viscosity oil, all that kind of stuff, and it could come up to affect your warranty. Well... They can stipulate the type of oil and the weight of oil that you have to use. What they cannot stipulate is the manufacturer or the brand name of the oil that you have to use. So what you're going to see, if it's correctly done in your owner's manual, is the specification, something that would say that you must use an API SN rated engine oil of a... 5W-20 uh, or 0W-20 weight, and, or it could be in a car that says a 5W-30 is what's required, or you could be in a diesel and it says to use a 5W-40. But they'll specify the classification or rating and the viscosity that you have to use. And they cannot tell you that you have to use AMSOIL or Valvoline or Chevron, or Shell, or somebody else's oil. Uh, There is a federal law called the Magnuson-Moss Act that stipulates that a manufacturer may require certain levels of quality certifications for lubricating products to be used in that equipment. If they stipulate that you have to use their oil, their name brand oil. For example, if you were to buy an Echo brand weed whacker, and Echo said if you don't use Echo two-cycle oil in this weed whacker, you will void the warranty. According to the Magnuson Moss Act, they would have to provide you with that oil in the original purchasing price and have oil for you for the expected life of the equipment, and you would pay for it in the initial purchasing price, and they would give you the oil. Because if they're going to require their stuff, they have to provide it. And so they don't. Now, there are many that will try to jawbone, especially in the two-stroke oil arena. They will tell you that you have to use their oil. Believe me, it is not true. If you buy a Mercury Outboard, you do not have to use Mercury Outboard oil. Now, you have to use an oil that will meet the TCW3 specification for that. If you buy a new Corvette and they, ha- they tell you that you have to use Mobile One, it will really say Mobile One or Equivalent is what it will say because they can't tell you that you have to use Mobile One or else they have to provide it for the life of the vehicle. So this is the government trying to keep a level playing field and keep that type of uh, coercion out of the marketplace. And you'll still see it over and over and over, and a lot of times you'll run into it with... Technicians that work somewhere thinking that they can tell you, oh, no, man, you, you have to use um, our our Yamalube in that because that's a Yamaha. You have to use our mercury oil because that's a mercury. You have to use Mr. Goodwrench oil because that's a GM vehicle. None of that's true. Now, what you do have to use is an oil that meets the classification and viscosity requirements that the manufacturer has stipulated. That can be demanded and your warranty can be voided if you use something that does not meet the requirements. Now this is a greater problem in transmission fluids than it is in engine oils. If there's one component in your vehicle that is the most complex component as far as the lubrication requirements, it is your automatic transmission. Automatic transmissions have numerous challenges for the uh, lubricant blender to get this stuff to work right because you have components that have uh, friction coefficients that they really, these these uh, clutch plates and discs, they have to actually come together and eventually grab to move. And you have to be careful that whatever lubricant you're using has the right additives in it so that it will enhance that Uh, engagement and not detract from it. Uh, You have uh, real steel gears in a transmission. Many people don't really understand how the thing is constructed and I understand that it's very complex but believe me, it has real steel gears and shafts and bearings and rotating members and bands and clutches and it actually has a torque converter which is like a hydraulic pump so You've only got one lubricant. It's got to do them all. It's got to be a hydraulic medium. It's got to enhance the engagement of the wafer disc for the clutch. It then has to lubricate bearings, ball bearings that are moving at high speed. And then it has to be able to lubricate heavy loaded steel gears, the same kind of gears that you would be loading in a transmission that you might have in a different place where you're using 7590 gear lube. But this light oil that is about a a 10-weight oil in your transmission is required to do all of these features itself. So the manufacturers are very specific about what they want this oil to do and how they want it to do it. And so when you see anybody claim that they have a universal transmission fluid, that meets all the specs in one bottle, then you know specifically that time it's time to get away from whatever that is because that is just a bald-faced lie. You can't even do it. And I've been saying this for some time on the radio, and I finally read in one of our major in-house trade publications from the lubricant world where one of the the big well-known gurus in the lubrication world is saying, there's a problem out there with people saying that they have products that will meet everything, and they just can't say that because they're mutually exclusive with their viscosity requirements. I'm going, finally, I've been saying this for three, four years, and finally somebody in a high place has taken note of this to let people know this is the problem. you got to stop letting these people buffalo you with this because it's not true. When you go in to get your transmission serviced, you ask for the product that can be verified to meet, not suitable for, but meet the specifications for the transmission in your vehicle. If it is Toyota Type 4 transmission or Toyota WS transmission fluid, Nissan, Nissan Matic, GM, Dexron 6, Ford, Mercon, Mercon LV, these are all important things and they can't all be in the same bottle. That's what I'm telling you. So, in this lubrications if you got to be careful. Now I do want to tell everybody something that's going on in the participating ACE hardware stores here in central Florida. They're actually running a sale on Amsoil. Now I've been doing Amsoil for 25 years. I've never seen a sale. <laughs> They're running a sale. So you might want to check out your local ACE hardware stores. They're doing a 10% discount on products in stock on the shelf and they were already priced pretty reasonable. So this is the first sale I've seen in 25 years. Don't miss it. I think you'll be able to get some product at a good price. And also, uh, if you have any questions of me, go to my website, thelubepage.com. I get questions from there all week long, and I always answer them. Sometimes I might be three or four or five days in my schedule before I can get to you. But if you send me a question via my website, you will get an answer, Okay. So that's about all the time I got. So until next week, I'm going to tell you to drive safely and keep rolling. One size too small. No spark plug wires are a little too long. Your main product sponders. The latest news and a place to talk about it. News Radio 1025 WFLA.